Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. We're your exhausted host, Nathan <laughs> Cravat, Brian Edwards, I'm J.C. Groves, and I say exhausted because guys, we are right here at the end of an incredible week here in Israel. Sitting in the Dan Hotel in Jerusalem yeah. as Sabbath begins. We just finished an amazing Sabbath or Shabbat meal. Yeah. Wow. So delicious. Everything I've put in my mouth has been delicious. But then tonight, just the atmosphere even seems to be more celebrative yeah. than even at other times. And then to eat with a family who explained to us what this celebration means, it's it's just been incredible. This whole week has been absolutely amazing. I am tired. Yes. I don't think I've walked this much in a long time. But uh, it's been so good. We everything in Israel is uphill. I really is. believe that everything's uphill. Yeah. It walk- doesn't snow here. Or it hasn't snowed here this week. But everything's been walking up here. Hill but it has ways. rained. Yes, and the it wind has. has blown. Yes. <laughs> so you mean it wasn't a snowy night when Jesus was born in Bethlehem? Oh no. I'm so. Why did you have to do that, Nathan? I've had that. I've had that vision my whole life. We ruined Santa Claus last year, so now we're just chipping away at traditions. We just did it again. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Well, we're excited about this episode, and let, let's just be honest. We we wanted to re- get this out bef- at the beginning of this week, but uh, it's been a busy week. We've had early mornings and late nights, and very little sleep with a lot of walk-in, and uh, so we're sitting down here in a room at the Dan Hotel. And when we say a lot of walking, between seven to nine miles a day. A day. And that's, Uphill. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Clay Maynard today said that his step counter said that we're just short of like 40 miles My of walking. We've had, we've had like 11 hour days every day, late, late, late nights and early, early mornings. And here's what's funny, guys. My dad always says, you know, I just never sleep good. Every night we've gotten to the room out before the yeah. light turns off. He <laughs> Gone. is yeah. <laughs> so come to Jerusalem and it'll solve all of your sleep problems. So it's eight ten p.m. right now, and we're going to get this episode done, and we're all going to go to bed. Yes, <laughs> we're flying home in the morning, and we're excited for this episode to sit down uh, with the man that really kind of got all of this started, Dr. Marcus Merritt with uh, Luther Rice Seminary. And uh, we're going to sh- share his story today. He's here with us in uh, Israel, and uh, we're excited for you to get to meet him, and, uh, and then we'll share some highlights. Uh, not giving you everything, because the next couple episodes are going to be all about this trip, but we just want to whet the appetite, if you will, with, with what God has done here this week. Y'all ready to get the show started? Yes, sir. I'm ready. Let's go! Covering Fundamentalist Podcast begins in three. These podcasts, <laughs> podcasts, that sounds like a convention of beans or peas to me. I'm podcast. Listen, in these recovering fundamentalists, they don't know the Bible either. What are the fundamentals? Inerrancy, virgin birth of Jesus Christ, Amen. substitutionary atonement, Amen. bodily resurrection Amen. of Christ, and the authenticity of miracles. Hi, man! Two. I am not a recovering fundamentalist. They're everywhere. They're all over the internet. They want to be, uh, what do they call it? Recovering 
from fundamentalism. They're everywhere. And I think to myself, well, you were just stupid to begin with. And if there's such a word, you're stupider now. We ain't recovering from nothing good, neighbor. We're reviving from the Holy Ghost. Somebody say man, Everybody wants to focus on recovering. Oh, you're recovering. Oh, you need yeah. help. You need therapy. You're recovering. Let's focus on fundamentalists. We're recovering fundamentalism back from people who have hijacked it. We are biblical True. family. We are the fundamentalists. Man. That'll make a Baptist want to speak in tongues right there, boys. One. I'm going to tell you one thing. Uh, we better stay uh, in the old paths. But what are the old paths? I've heard that my whole life, and nobody's ever been able to tell me what the old paths or the old-time religion really is because it's whatever era you mm -hmm. overly romanticize in your mind as being when the church was it, right. Mm. Like it, lump it, pump it, jump it, take it across the street and dump it. We've raised a generation that is ashamed of our forefathers and act like they were somehow done wrong in the way they were brought up and they were damaged and they were scarred because they were raised in a home that had standards and convictions and kept them on the old time way. You got their number, boys. Y'all thought you started the podcast. You went and started a movement. Thanks for joining us for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Make sure to stay tuned at the end of the show to hear more about the RFP sponsors. Now, here's your host for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast, Nathan Cravat, J.C. Groves, and Brian Edwards. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. We're sitting here around the table in Israel on a nice night at 8 o'clock. We just watched the sunset. Shabbat Sabbath has begun. And uh, we are sitting with Dr. Marcus Merritt of Luther Rice Seminary. And uh, I'll never forget the phone call that I got uh, back almost a year ago now. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, I lead tours to Israel. Y'all should do a tour. And I remember calling Brian and Nathan. I was like, guys, this would be awesome. We could take some RFP fam and go to Israel. And it kind of sounded nice. Uh, but I honestly was like, I don't know if that would ever happen. And Nathan was like, greatest thing we'll ever do, man. That's yes. just how positive <laughs> <Absolutely>. Nathan is. <laughs> and, uh, but as positive as I was, I was like, hey, we can probably get 10 people to go with Exactly. Us. And that was me being super positive. Yeah. Marcus, what was our final count? Uh, right at 40. Right at 40. Yeah. And and Brian signed up, and he's yeah. here. He's yes. made it the whole week. And by the way, I, I'm living proof for any <laughs> anyone who has any hesitation at all. Because, you know, for me to leave my living room is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. But for anyone who has any hesitation at all, it is so worth it. Oh, yes. man. I couldn't have, ma have imagined missing oh, no. this now. The Bible has come to life. Amen. It really has. Marcus, we'd love to just introduce the RFP fam to you. Uh, we've mentioned your name many times on the podcast, but uh, we'd love for them just to hear your story, a little bit about who you are, how you ended up at Luther Rice Seminary and doing all of this with Yale Tours and Israel. Sure. Well, first of all, Shabbat Shalom, gentlemen. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat shalom. And uh, if you go all the way back, I was uh, saved at the age of 10, raised in a very conservative Christian home. Uh, we were members of a Southern Baptist church, but we didn't know that. Mm -hmm. and, you know, we operated like an IFB church. That's we didn't know anything about the Southern Baptist Convention. And at the age of 21, I had been married for a year, 
and God was calling me to preach. I knew that even before I was married, at the age of 21, I did what we all finally did and surrendered to preach. Something happened that year. We, had a, we got a new pastor. I was called to preach, and we officially pulled out of the convention and became IFB. And the first pastor that we have, and I'm not going to be ugly or anything, but he was very, you know, hardcore IFB. And that was, I'm just starting this preaching thing. When he became our pastor, I mean, he was the only model, only person that had ever given me any preaching advice. And he was the model that I had. And so I began uh, listening to him and he began counseling with me and going to these camp meetings. And I, you know, that's when I got exposed to some of the craziness. Uh, he wasn't there long because he loved to, to argue and fight, and so he, he, was, uh, he was eventually uh, made his exit. And fortunately, um, then we got a pastor that I, to this day, the man that ordained me, um, a godly man, a, a, a wise man, but we were still IFB the whole, the whole time. So, uh, so I've, I've, I've had kind of both ends of that. I've seen the craziness, but fortunately our church uh, was by and large a, a very balanced church. Uh, then I left and pastored two churches, one in Georgia, one in Alabama. Uh, then I worked for two state conventions. The, I left the church in Alabama to go work for the state convention in Alabama. Then I went to work for the state convention in Georgia and uh, took early retirement in 2020 and uh, began the next day with Luther Rice. So I'm currently serving as the director of the Doctor of Ministry program. So. Uh, you know, let me know if you guys uh, well, yeah. are interested. So you're not old. You're not old enough to take an early retirement, and and I'm not just saying how young you look because you do look young, but also I've watched you walk up and down the hills. You're all this over. Week. You did. You never stuttered. Like we were, we were dying sometimes. We're mouth breathing yes, out of the air, man. Well, and, and you're in great shape. Well, hold on. You guys can talk about his youthful looks and his walking ability, but what I'm noticing is he's legit. He didn't offer either one of us an honorary free doctor. Yeah. He just looked at us as if we have to earn it. Yes. So we so come on, guys. <laughs> Do the time. Well, these are uh, fully sax accredited de degrees, unlike some of our friends that mm. have the mail order degrees. So, so well, that's my a... story. That's uh, and and I started several years ago. Uh, Ernest Easley, who was pastor at Roswell Street Baptist Church. Uh, he left there because of some health issues, and he was leading some tours with Yael, and he asked me if I would help uh, lead a group to Israel. I said, man, I've never been to Israel. I don't know how to do that. And uh, he said, well, you go with me on the first one, and I'll show you what to do. And, and I've just fallen in mm. love with this place, and not only with the country, but fallen in love with bringing pastors and seeing pastors yeah. just see this the way that we see it and have that that experience that's emotional, it's spiritual, I mean, it's it's intellectual because you know we learned so much oh, this week. Man. And just putting all of that together is just an incredible thing. So that's, I've enjoyed this ministry very much. This was your sixth, sixth trip, right? That's good. Have they all been different? Every trip's been different. Um, I would say this trip, I've never worshiped as much mm. as we worshiped this mm. week. <laughs> wow. And this trip has been very unique. And I don't remember ever not being able to sing, thanks Nathan, because <laughs> I was just, I mean, just ugly crying. I mean, it, when we were, I wouldn't jump ahead too far, but yeah. it just, it, yeah, it was very emotional. Uh, and the worship this week has been incredible. Well, you're not just a, you're not just a, 
a guy who works for a great seminary, but you're also, you have a lot of interest. I found out this week you like motorcycles. Absolutely. We do a motorcycle ministry. I'm a Harley, Harley rider, and a bunch of us go every year out to Sturgis. Love for you guys to come. and. Uh, we, we, we share Jesus and we ride motorcycles. So. I think that's the next thing, the recovering fundamentalist <laughs> riders. It, it, there it is. Hold on. I've been there and done that. Listen to what happened. We were, <laughs> we were in South Dakota. Didn't know it was the 75th anniversary of Sturgis. Oh, yeah. Had no plans to go through Sturgis. Yeah. Our van broke down 25 minutes outside of it at about midnight. We were just trying to get somewhere. While Sturgis is going on, my family had to sleep in our van in a parking lot with motorcycles no, and everything sleep. everywhere. No, so if you, you go sleep. to if you go to Sturgis, you're you're braver than I am because JC, that was a night I'll never forget. Imagine my family sleeping in a minivan oh my. at the 75th anniversary of Sturgis. And uh, there was there was only one hotel room that we could find. And I'm not even really sure that place should have been called a hotel. As a matter of fact, I saw 14 roaches with signs oh, watching yeah. out the door. They wouldn't even stay. And they wanted $450. I can't imagine. So the van it is, family. The I know how loud is. that is. I've done, I did a camp in the Black Hills the same week that Sturgis was happening. And just hearing the rumble, the rumble. in the distance was awesome. Well, this has been an incredible trip, and uh, you you mentioned a moment ago that, that you were leading these trips with Yell Tours. Just give us a little insight into Yell Tours and how you got connected with them. Well, the, the, the uh, Yell Tours is a company that uh, operates here out of Israel, and uh, they're, everybody lives here in Israel, and they do a lot of business in the United States. And what they've done is they've put together a trip like we've done today, where where it's all pastors, and they give you, as you know, a really good discount mm -hmm. and to bring pastors over here. They love pastors, and they want to bless pastors. And the, the wonderful thing is anybody on this trip or any of the other trips that we've taken, uh, if, you, if you want to bring your own group back, uh, they will uh, let you and your wife come back for free, at, you know, as long as yeah. you can bring 20 people. And it's really a wonderful experience and a wonderful incentive for pastors because your church people will benefit just as much as you did. It makes the Bible come alive for them just as much as it does for you. And it also connects the pastor to his people in a very special way. So the fact that they're willing to give an incentive to a pastor to bring his people back, you say, well, it's just a business thing on their part. Well, I mean, I guess you could say that. It, it is a business incentive on their part. But I know this company, I know these people, and I know that they love Americans, they love pastors, they have a heart for what we do, and you know, I'm, I'm blessed to, to be able to share that with churches and with pastors. Yeah, you know, the way they've treated us this week has been with incredible respect, mm -hmm. um, even at times, guys, complimenting the fact that we are pastors and acknowledging the responsibility that we have, and um, I've really appreciated that because, you know, you would think if it... And let me just say this, if it were just all business, then that part of the trip likely wouldn't exist. But to have dinner like we did tonight together and, mm -hmm. and to, to be spoken um, well of and that we would be blessed on, on our arrival home and that our ministries would be blessed, I think, I think it is obvious that they care. They really do. And I think I can't say I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that the IFB did for me as a young boy 
was it gave me a love for Israel. Mm-hmm. Like I remember my pastor would teach and he would put up these pictures. He had been to the Holy Land and uh, I remember him sharing stories and he loved prophecy. Mm-hmm. So he would go into that a whole lot. So as a young boy, I just had this reverence for Israel, God's chosen people in the Holy Land. And this, you know, this whole perspective of this being the center of the world. Right. And so explain to us your love and your perspective for Israel. Well, like you, I grew up hearing all the stories and uh, our church loved the Jewish people, loved Jews. I mean, we were taught that. I know anti-Semitism is a, very popular in the States nowadays, but when we, we, when we grew up, you were taught to, to respect God's chosen people. And you hear the stories and vacation Bible school, Sunday school, from the pulpit being preached, and you have this vision in your mind of what you think the country is like. And then you get to come here and see it for real and to see it's, it's even more beautiful. Uh, the, the people are so diverse here. Uh, there's a tremendous need for the gospel here. Yeah. But as long as there's American pastors coming over here, the gospel's being spread. We've, we've shared the gospel this week, all of us have. Oh, yeah. Yes. And we've communicated the gospel this week. But like you, I grew up in a church that instilled a love for God's people mm-hmm. and for God's land. And I think my, my very fundamental roots for that, because that's, that's how we were taught to love and respect uh, God's chosen people and those who bless Israel will be blessed and those who curse them will be cursed. Yeah. So I'm, like you, I had a similar experience. Well, I've, I've had an opportunity with some of the other guys on this trip to share the gospel with a Jewish rabbi. Mm-hmm. And he asked me a lot of questions. This guy was sharp. I mean, he was incredibly smart and asked some really good questions and we were able to exchange back and forth. I got to share the gospel with him. Uh, a few other people that I just met in different places, some of the guides that you know we were around that are Jewish, yet I, I had an opportunity to share my faith and hear their perspectives on that as well. So it's, it's cliche, let's be honest, to say that the Bible comes to life mm-hmm. when you're in the Holy Land. It's, it's cliche. But things become cliche for a reason mm-hmm. because right. they're said so often. <laughs> and... That is so true, and I can't even stress how true that was from experiencing it for my very first time. Was this all three of our very first trips? Absolutely. And I've had so many friends of mine tell me, Nathan, you've got to go to the Holy Land. It'll make so many things make sense. And, and you know, guys, I hadn't really planned on being here, so I've always brushed everybody off. But then when we got here, literally seeing the lay of the land yeah. helps you see the Bible in a different way. For example... You know, riding by different mountains, and in, in the scripture, you know, this nation would go at war with this nation, or this people with this these people. And, you know, I'm picturing crossing oceans and continents, and, and, and really it was just those people who live over that next hill in that next valley. And uh, that, made, that made everything make so much sense. And then the proximity of where Jesus was and where... His enemies out uh, in Jerusalem were, and those who were coming to arrest him. All of that, you, you have to see it to get it. And what about the city of David? Is that how you pictured oh. that? No. And now you understand how David could be on his rooftop, how he could look down at Bathsheba. Yeah. And then, you know, it, it just all makes sense. You know, one of the things I was talking with Brandon Neal, who is a pastor, he's on the trip with us. 
He said, man, you know what we should do? And he said, every seminary, if you're going into ministry, you're already taking a loan out for school. You should take an extra two or $3,000 out and mandatory come to Israel for a week or two just to let the Bible come to life. He's like, because he said, he said, I've been preaching for a long time and there are things that this week will change in my preaching because I've seen it with my own eyes. And uh, I was like, yeah, that's not a bad idea. We ought to give a president of school an idea about that. Luther Rice <laughs> you know, Shepherd's, Shepherd's <laughs> Theological Seminary in Cary does that. Jason, really? Jason Riddle, in order to get his master's degree, will have to make the trip That's here. awesome. Wow. Well, they're doing it right. It's a requirement. We know about that. I, I think there's, there's so many highlights uh, that we have from this week that are going to last a lifetime. Just memories that will never fade. I mean, it, it really, it's crazy sitting here right now on uh, Friday thinking we got here a week ago. It was a week ago almost that we were on the Sea of Galilee and it feels like that was the most incredible thing ever. And here we are a week later and we're like, wow, this has been, it feels like a month has been crammed into a week. Um, and we're, we're going to be just unloading just memories over these next few weeks here on the RFP. But I'm interested, guys, just as we're kind of sitting down now at the end of the week, we're getting on a plane early in the morning, heading home. Just if you were to do an overview of the last six, seven days, what's something that stands out to you? Nathan. For me, I can truly say that I love Jesus more yeah. <laughs> after this trip. Yeah. Um, just the scripture reading that we've done, yeah. the meditating on him, on his life, uh, has made me love my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, more than I've ever loved him mm -hmm. before. And my feet and my hands have touched literal stones where he stepped on yeah and i'm i'm not about icons and all this yeah. other stuff but there's something powerful to be in in the place where jesus healed people yeah. where jesus spoke words like the mount of beatitudes that have changed my life yeah forever this is what jesus was looking at yes it was a little bit more simple and not as many buildings and things yeah. like that but overlooking the sea of galilee he was speaking the words that ultimately would be used by the holy spirit to awaken my heart and bring me to salvation mm. so i love jesus more because of what i've experienced here this week so i think a couple of things for me uh, number one god used both of you guys in my life this week in a huge way Nathan, you preaching on the Sea of Galilee, your message was absolutely incredible that Christ didn't fear being in the boat in the storm because his destiny was to die on the cross. That was powerful. Uh, JC, you standing uh, there on the edge of the mountain where the audience tried to throw him over and take his life and, and, and you just bringing out that he wasn't the savior they wanted, but he was the savior that they needed. And then the singing has been amazing, those worship times. But I have to be honest, the Garden of Gethsemane, the three of us prayed together and we wept uncontrollably. We just poured our hearts out to Jesus. And the thing that made the Holy Land special for me was that the Holy Spirit visited us in that place, yeah. in that moment. And then I think the other thing that I would contrast with that 
you know, this city has built up around these holy sites. And there are multitudes of people here that they don't believe in Jesus. And Golgotha means nothing to them. And the Garden of Gethsemane means nothing to them. Mm -hmm. and, and I think I just became aware of how this city operates and functions around all of these holy places, these places where Christ lived and died, and yet they completely ignore it. Yeah. And that's just such a picture of the world and the gospel. We're so busy and we, we're so preoccupied and so self-absorbed that we really don't stop to think about you know, the greatest impact made in the history of the world was made by a man named Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we know that personally because of the way he changed our lives. That's it. I think the biggest thing is that tomb's empty, boys. <laughs> we saw it with our own eyeballs. <laughs> we, we didn't have to read about it or hear somebody talk about it. We saw it. Like that, yes, sir. It's verified. <laughs> it's empty, and it still is. That right there will be something I'll never forget. I think this week the Bible really is real. And we heard it so many times over and over again from a Jewish man who doesn't even necessarily believe in the Bible. But he kept verifying over and over and over again in so many areas how the Bible is true. And uh, that that's just, it's our foundation is what we preach. Not a version, but the Word of God. Um, that's something we'll take there. Uh, these moments of worship, it was little moments of heaven. Um, there's there's a couple, and we'll, we'll show videos of this, but we're walking into the... Church of Sister Anne, is that what it was? St. Anne's. St. Anne's Cathedral, that's it. I've got too many names in my head right now. Uh, but we're walking in, and um, at the same time as we're going in, there is a, uh, a group of African, uh, not African Americans, African... British. British, Europeans, walking in with us from London, and they were a choir, and they begin to sing, and I'm telling Ooh. you... We joined in with them, and it was a taste of heaven on earth. Just lifting up the old city of Jerusalem with praise to King Jesus. I got goosebumps right now thinking about it. It was awesome. And then our guys got up on the steps and sang, and it was the widest moment of our <laughs> lives up there. But it was awesome. And then again today at the place where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, there's a group from France had a guitar, and we made eye contact, and he couldn't speak English, and I couldn't speak French, but we sang Amazing Grace in two different languages, and it was just incredible to see every nation, every tribe, every tongue is going to confess Jesus as Lord, and that took place here in the old city. And uh, the last thing for me is just being with these pastors. Yes. Um, I mean, we have gotten to know these guys really well this week, and to think um, that this not just for us is the Bible coming to life, but for them, they're going to take what they've gotten here and go back and, and give that to their people. And uh, just a just an all around great trip. And there's so much as I'm just have to look back at journal and you know each day. Um, and once my feet unswell and my legs stop hurting, <laughs> I'll be able to realize how incredible it has been. You know, I've heard so many people ask the question. How is Jesus able to go into the temple and turn over the tables and take the way? Guys, if you if you navigate this terrain like Jesus Without did, paved roads. Oh, he Jesus was ferocious. Yeah. He had to be in incredible condition. Why is everything uphill? 
<laughs> everything's uphill in Jerusalem. I'm telling you, everything seems to be uphill here. I think it's because God made it that way. Mm, <laughs> you have it on in fact. <laughs> what is it you've been saying? You have it under pretty good authority. <laughs> <laughs> I love that's it. A, that's another thing. We have had so much we fun have laughed this week. So much. We have laughed till we cried and I mean, I've enjoyed that so much, the camaraderie, JC, yeah. with, with between us. And Marcus, you're one of us, man. And then the <laughs> pastors that were here, these guys, they're so different. Every one of them, just, just different backgrounds, different personalities. But we, we were a family this yeah. week, and it's, it's just special. And yeah, I don't think there was any fighting, any fussing. I think, you know, we just... Man, we just spent the whole week together, living together, just like a little herd of people moving yep. here and there. And yep. the guides and Marcus or Marcus, Marcus, Marcus. <laughs> took care of us all along the way. Yeah, we do want to thank Amir for uh, being in our ear. You wear these little earpieces, and he talks into a micro. It's going to be weird going tomorrow without Marcus in, or without uh, Amir in my ear. There it is. That right. Look at that, Amir in my ear. <laughs> Done. Sorry, I'm tired. <laughs> what did I just do? Oh well. Well, guys, I think I think it's pretty good. We go to bed. Let's, uh, Marcus. Would you close us out in prayer? Just the, <laughs> the we'll moments, <laughs> the moments that we've had with you this week. Thank yeah. you for the idea. I believe the Holy Spirit put this in your heart. Yeah. Because we needed this, um, and I believe my local church is going to benefit from this. My family is going to benefit from this. And uh, I would just love for you to pray over our audience and over us. And if you have anything else to share before you do that. I will say this. When a, a Jewish man who is not a follower of Christ hears the worship coming from our group at the tomb, and he turns to me when we walk out, and he says, because he was listening, wow, that was powerful. We have witnessed, we have left a positive witness for Jesus Christ. Your group has done that this week. And uh, I know that that's not gonna, that's not gonna go to waste. I believe God's gonna use that. We pray that souls will be saved because of this trip. Let's pray. Father, I wanna thank you for just the opportunity of spending this week with these new friends and some old friends, some dear friends. Father, I thank you for just allowing us the wonderful privilege of traveling to this holy land. Thank you, Father, for every step along the way. Thank you for the fact that we've been able to worship and grow closer to you. Thank you for how you've spoken into our hearts this week. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to praise you. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to leave a witness for you. Lord, I first, I pray over this land. I pray over these people who... Lord, their eyes are blinded to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, they've heard over and over and over about Jesus. They've heard the message over and over, and yet they seem to be so hardened to it. Lord, we know that our own nation is the same way. We know that our, our people are the same way. So, Father, we pray for a revival. We pray, Father, that there would be uh, just souls saved because the RFP tribe came over here this week and, and sang and preached and prayed and, uh, and left a positive witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ here in the place where Jesus Christ walked. And Father, I thank you for Brian. I thank you for Nathan. I thank you for JC and their, their love for you. Father, I have 
watched them this week. I have seen their love that they have for you. Lord, when these three men led us in communion there at the tomb, they couldn't even hardly speak. They're just speechless, over, overcome with how you have blessed and how you've just been so good to us and all that you've done for us. And truly, Lord, it is in Christ alone. Lord, as we sang that song there, it just reminded me that of all that you've done for us, and as Brian reminded us as we took a communion, that, that you're, we're thinking of you even as you're thinking of us. In this moment, we are thinking, we're remembering you. We're faulty people. We're people with short memories. We're people with foibles and, and, and frailties. But Lord, we, we pause and we do think of you. We do remember what you've done for us. Lord, you are, as JC said, the Savior that we need, not the Savior that is, is what the world wants. I pray that we would not be like the people of Nazareth and try to cast you out of our midst. Thank you for allowing us to stand in that place and just see the visual impact of what that, what that really means. And Lord, yet we do the same thing spiritually speaking. We just, we just cast you out of our midst when you're not the Savior that we want. Father, thank you for helping the scriptures really come to life this week. Thank you for speaking to us, for helping us to draw nigh unto you. Lord, I do feel refreshed. I do feel that we've had a time of refreshing this week. And Lord, I thank you for watching over all of our families, of everyone that's been on this trip, Lord. There's been no bad news from home, and we thank you for that. And Lord, now I pray that as we get on the plane in the morning, that you would give us traveling mercies, that we could get home to our families. And I pray for this ministry. Lord, I know each of these men have their respective ministries as pastors of a local church, and I, I do pray your blessings on that. But I pray your blessings on this RFP ministry. Lord, there's so many people. This, this ministry has touched a nerve. There's so many people that, that relate to this ministry. I thank you for my own brother that found this podcast in the, in the dark of night as he's sitting up with his wife with a terminal illness. And he told me, you need, to, you need to find this RFP podcast and you need to listen to these guys. Lord, you've used these, these three men to make a difference in the lives of people. So I pray for this RFP ministry. We love you, Lord, and, and we're learning to love you more. And we pray that you would bless us and empower us and fill us. And I pray, Lord, that each of these men could have new experiences back here in the Holy Land with people that they know and love and people that they shepherd because we know that you'll do great things as a result. Father, we pray that you would speak to us and speak through us and change us. May we leave home differently than we came here. For it's in Christ's name, the name which is above every name, the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. 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 Well, signing off from Israel. It's exciting to be here, but I'm ready to get on a plane and go home and see my baby. I'm ready to see my family. It's going to be too. great. Y'all have a great night. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Be sweet. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your T-shirts and hats. You can join our ex-fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast.